Ladies and gentlemen, and for the hundreds listening around the world, welcome to another episode of Too Young to Be This Old. I am Ben. I am here joined by Andy. Hello. So, real quick, let's acknowledge the fact that we were not here last week. Fuck Hurricane Zeta. Yeah. (laughs) Zeta took us both out pretty bad, and by the time we were back, it was not really going to be feasible to get anything out to you, because we were already six plus hours behind on all wrestling content yeah didn't get i mean we didn't even really get to start catching up till saturday because that's when you got power back yeah so yeah it was saturday before we got power back to even start attempting to watch the wrestling and then of course even with all wrestling covered and watched um i lost power again on sunday while they were doing more work so there was no recording time to edit and get it out so we just uh, took that L. We'll move yeah, on. Yeah, we took and... that L. The one thing I'll say, my my highlight for last week, because I think last time we recorded, we started picking our highlights, um, was uh, Halloween Havoc. Halloween Havoc. Havoc. Yeah. So Halloween yeah. Havoc and specifically Shotzi Blackheart was the star of uh, last week. And, Most uh, definitely. So the is, MVP of NXT. But I'm not sure of anything else about last week. No, we don't. Uh, I want to forget last week, um, much like I want to forget everything not wrestling of this week. So let's get right into this Raw recap. Of course, we had opening segment of the Randy Orton. I I don't know how to explain what we're considering Randy Orton at the moment. Uh, we know he's the champion, but uh, for the first time in a long time, we're seeing WWE have multiple challengers for the title. Right. We've got uh, Little Miss Bliss being doing her best sister Abigail impersonation, uh, yeah. making sure Randy knows the Fiend is watching. McIntyre's chomping at the bit for a rematch. And we got Miz and the Monday Night Delight of John Morrison. We've got him all there because Miz is now Mr. Money in the Bank. So we've yeah. got all that going on. It was a great segment. I think it established it, it established that the championship is the most prestigious prize and that there should definitely be more than one person going after the title. So Yeah, it, I I like where this is going. Um because it makes it more interesting than just having, you know, six weeks of the same guys hitting each other uh for the same belts. But when oh, you yeah. throw a few people in there, it's pretty great. Alexa's doing just incredible still. And yep. we see more of her tonight yep. in this episode we're, of Raw, so we'll talk about that later. We're not done with Alexa here. No. Uh, but moving on, we get our first, I think it's the first something on a pole match in like 15 yeah. years. I didn't even a, know this was a real thing, Ben. Yeah, I there's a reason these yeah. matches don't happen very often, and it's a great mm-hmm. thing. Uh, we had Jeff Hardy versus Elias and a guitar on a pole match. Um, yep. I'd say there's nothing too exciting about this match other than no. Jeff Hardy wins by smashing a guitar over Elias and getting the guitar the not breaking was the most exciting part of that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there was a line. There was a line specifically here that Brian Saxton says. Yeah. And he literally goes, hopefully this ends it with Elias <laughs> and never have words been truer when I'm watching yeah. wrestling. And I'm like, I really hope that that's a legit comment and we're done with this. Yeah. So yeah. we're just going to leave that one there. Yeah, yes, too. guys, we are moving at a rapid pace today because this is Saturday morning that we're recording. Yeah, it's so, not Friday night. Yeah, so we are moving quickly today. 
we get a uh, Raw Survivor Series women's match here with Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke versus Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. Um, this was for the titles, but I think this was really yeah. just to show dysfunction, which is a very common theme you see at Survivor Series teams. Um, this year being a little bit weird because you have a pretty cohesive team in Dana Brooks and Mandy Rose uh, against right. the dysfunction of Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. And we had a lot of Lana at ringside in this yeah, match. I think they got to really play up the internal strife on each brand this year because we don't get NXT this year in Survivor Series. Yet. Yeah, uh, yet. But I don't think, from what, I, from what we're seeing, it seems like due to COVID, they are probably not going to be involved. It, it wouldn't surprise. It wouldn't surprise me at all. That's yeah. yeah. So that's what makes this make more sense to me. Is like you know all this dysfunction on Team Raw, both on the women's side and the men's side. We'll see later as well. So yeah, um, I'm not, I'm not against Shayna and Nia winning mm-hmm. here and holding on to the titles. Because I think having the titles flip uh, in between this build would be kind of weird. The only thing that bothered me about this match was the match was between the four women in the ring. And we saw a lot more focus on Lana outside of the ring. Uh, Which, I mean, still, Lana's in a weird spot right now because she's really getting a lot of spotlight right now. Uh, Good good or bad on television. You know, maybe it's going through a table or something. But at the (laughs) same token... She wasn't really in the match. I felt there was too much focus on somebody that's not even in the match when you have a title match going on. This isn't like yeah. she was on the outside for either team. She was just there. Just there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was odd. Um, yeah. Speaking of odd, R-Truth view Bobby Lashley. Uh, yes, but see, R-Truth didn't know it was Bobby Lashley. He thought it was Bobby no. Boucher. Exactly. <laughs> so that made it really weird. Um, oh, I, God. <clears throat> I hate seeing our truth get squashed, but yeah, he definitely knows his niche and yeah. he fills it real well. Uh, I feel like this did a good job of they. I feel like they're trying to rebuild the Bobby Lashley brand going back to being that m- monster muscle mm-hmm. for the hurt business. Uh, yeah. This was a good way to do it. He gets a quick win over our truth. We get drew Gulick coming in to try to steal the 24 seven title. He gets choked out for his, uh, is interference, but uh, Bobby does drop him on top of R-Truth, so we do get the switch still. Um, it's weird seeing Bobby Lashley kind of involved in a 24-7 segment. Yeah, that's uh, strange. Like by means you're about to disappear. Right. <laughs> but this was more to establish that Bobby Lashley takes no prisoners, and yeah. I think it accomplished that fine. Uh, I really wish some of the 24-7 gimmick stuff would go back to the era we saw with R-Truth and Drake Maverick. Yes, I uh, want more because, of the backstage segments when it yeah, comes the, to 24-7. The and Kushida's been fine. doing really good with or, um Akira Tozawa? Yeah, Tozawa, not That's Kushida. racist. That's racist. <laughs> My apologies. Tozawa's been awesome when they've done their backstage things, and that's really where I think the 24-7 championship shines is when they get to do those segments, you know, like the Drake Maverick wedding segment is still one I quote, you know, nonstop. So I, I think that's where it shines, and I'm curious to see what they do going yeah. forward. Well, we got Captain AJ Styles trying to figure out the rest of his Survivor Series team. Oh, yeah. 
And all I'm saying is it led to a match with some big, meaty men slapping meat. Oh, so many big, meaty men. Triple triple threat between Braun Strowman, Keith Lee, and Sheamus. And it is not very often that you see Sheamus being the smallest man in a match. Yeah, that was weird. Um, I mean, match was meh. Uh, I think it did a lot for building this segment, though. Um, Very convoluted way to get there. But Mm -hmm. I think it really established that, you know, Team Raw is going to be huge. You've got AJ, Braun, Sheamus, and Keith Lee, because they were kind of like, oh, we're just going to let everybody be on the team. And and the hugging was kind of weird, but it was also kind of hilarious at the same time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll just see see what happens here. Uh, Strowman does pick up the win, which is mm. to be expected because I feel like he really needs some Ws to rebuild his character. Yeah, that's true. Um, but after accepting that handicap match uh, for later in the night, we knew we were going to get Drew McIntyre versus The Miz and Morrison. We get some more Alexa Bliss and uh, Bray Wyatt in the Firefly Funhouse. Man, this segment was just ridiculous and super super over the top um but god they they both are working so well together um basically they start acknowledging orton's past with bray wyatt and i think you may be a little bit more familiar with this than i am um the house horrors match yeah, we're talking about the burning down of the Wyatt family compound. Right. And, you know, basically saying that, you know, he never forgets. And um, right. then we get a pretty weird, spooky little uh, trick from Alexa Bliss. The uh, blood yeah. or like extra the, long tongue. I, yeah. The yeah. the best part of that was the closeout when they zoom in on Bray Wyatt and he's got this shock look on his face and then he just oh shit, oh, shit. yeah all blew, the cursing they, in yeah. this one was hilarious yeah so it was really cool I like what they're yeah. doing with Bray Wyatt's character the fiend is a great way to rehash uh, right. old rivalries that Bray has without them seeming like a rehash because it's like right. a completely different form of Bray Wyatt. I'm going to dig into the woods real quick. It's something I think mm-hmm. we've talked about in previous iterations of this podcast. But the Fiend character in general has shown that it will find your character flaw, exploit it, and defeat you because of it. Yep. And Fiend only has one L, and that is to the flawless character of Goldberg. Oh, God. So it's been a long time since I've had a Goldberg shout out in the podcast. So yeah, it there is. it is. There it is. There we go. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, Nia Jax movie. Uh, Nia Jax versus Lana. So Nia Jax won double duty tonight. Um, I don't think we thought this match was gonna go any other way than Nia Jax winning and yep. Lana going through a table for the seventh time in a row. Yeah, seven in a row. Yeah. Um. Some people are saying, like, oh, I'm getting tired of seeing it. Uh, I'm honestly just ready to see how long they're going to keep doing this. You know, it's, it's, it's now hilarious. Like, yeah. around the third time, I was like, okay, come on. But by time number five, I'm just, like, screaming, laughing every time now at this point. So, Yeah. 
Uh, we get the New Day versus the Hurt Business, and I am really digging this combo of Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. Uh, it is a nice, fresh combo that we've never seen before. Uh, two very athletic uh, contenders. I don't think it's possible for the New Day to have a bad match at this point, because no, this was a, a fantastic match, and I was very surprised to see uh, Benjamin and Alexander pick up the win over yeah. Woods and Kingston. I didn't like that. Um, but you didn't like that? I, I liked the match until the New like, Day lost. Oh. Well, I, I, I think this is good for the Hurt Business because basically it looks like the Hurt Business is trying to establish sectors in its group. So here's your right. tag team. I think you will see in the near future Lashley either lose the U.S. title, drop the U.S. title, and become a world title contender, and MVP move back into that U.S. title hunt slot. So that, I mean, in theory, I'm always a big fan of if you have a faction like this, if you want to really push that faction, having that one instance where all the gold's on a faction. It's something that worked for evolution. It's something that worked for, you know, the horsemen back in the day where they mm-hmm. usually were Flair was holding the, the world title and Arn and Tully were holding the tag titles. It's something that works and makes a group important. So I think it would be something to look at. And I think you have the perfect foil for the hurt business with retribution, which we didn't see a ton of on this show. Like we have in the past, right. we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but it was one of those things where it's like, ah, uh, that would work. That would work. Yeah. 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 So next up, we get Ricochet versus Tucker. The m- only interesting ma- interesting thing about this match is what the hell did they do to Tucker? Because his uh, hair braid thing situation was rough to look at. Yeah, I feel bad for Tucky. I feel really bad Because I just Tucky. don't see this going anywhere until he gets back with Otis or oh. until they find a way to get the Tucker-Otis feud, which we're yeah. not getting yet. Uh, yeah. I mean, this was all a setup to get Ricochet out in mm-hmm. the public eye so that yeah. Al- Ali and Retribution could, could have the beat down. Right. Um, the match was uh, nothing. It was a, you know. Yeah, the, the match was scratch. actually nothing. But I feel like this is, I mean, I'm going to be real honest. If you're going to have Retribution feuding with Ricochet, if I can get some Ricochet-Ali matches, oh, I'm going to be yeah, mad about really, it. Yeah, I'm not going to be mad about that. I'm going to be mad about it. I, I am more upset about what they're doing with Tucker. Um, And it seems like we'll probably just won't see him for a while, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm ready to see Retribution get some more steam built up. I'd rather see yeah. them still feuding with the Hurt Business instead of, uh, sure. I don't want to say stepping down to Ricochet. Right. But at the same token, start somewhere. Um, if you guys haven't, please listen to Mustafa Ali on After the Bell with Corey Graves. Because oh, he yeah. gives some great insight uh, mm-hmm. to how he sees this whole faction thing planning out. Right. Uh, and he makes a great point. There's not been a situation they've asked Ali to be in that Ali has not delivered. So I think we just got to give Retribution a little more time now that they're yeah. more understanding of where they're at. So right. I mean, remember a few years ago, Ali was like prepped to have a, a title run and then he got yeah, injured. I mean, so. he got injured and Kobe Mania happened. So yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not like we had a bad thing happen after that, but 
But remember, you know, obviously the company has some confidence in him, so uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. And then we have the last match of the night of Drew McIntyre versus Miz and Morrison. Um, yes. I don't think it was ever in doubt that McIntyre was going to win this match. Yeah. Because yeah. um, they're definitely wanting to make McIntyre still look strong after the loss to Randy. But of mm-hmm. course, you always got to keep your head on a swivel when Orton is around because that <laughs> RKO will appear out of nowhere. Those three letters and, will get you every time. Yep. And that is exactly what happened. And it looked like we were going to have Randy Orton standing tall to close the show. But your boy Bray is going to be laughing, so throwing doubt into how tall Randy Orton is standing. Yeah. Um, didn't really care too much about this match itself. I think it did the purpose of furthering storylines across all areas story of the line, show. It was storyline only. There's you know, nothing yeah. wrestling-wise to talk about in that match. Yeah, so that was nice. And we will just go ahead and move straight into SmackDown. Let's do this. Where we open the show with Sasha Banks versus Bailey for the women's championship. Yeah, usually you think that's a main event, but I mean, while this was a good match, it was very much about, you know, just Banks showing that, you know, this is my title. I'm keeping it. Yes, um, and this is one of the first times we have ever seen Sasha successfully defend a title on television. It has been oh. a long. It's been a long-running joke that she will win at a pay-per-view only to drop it back at the next television. I did not remember that trope, but that is yes. awesome. Then. And, so we I finally mean, saw that. So when I say this is a good match, it's almost like we're spoiled. Bailey and Sasha always have really good matches, but because they have had such incredible matches, like what we saw at Hell in the Cell, this is just like, yeah, this is a good match. Yeah, but, it was a good you know, TV match. Just watch like. What I think, you know, we didn't get to talk about Hell in a Cell post, but that was like a classic between them at yes. Hell in a Cell, in my opinion. Um, I, I really think the big thing of this was, though, we can put Bailey on the back as a champion because we had the untouchable Carmella debut and leave the champ lane oh, after yeah. the match. So we have Carmella now in the title, um, title picture. So this will be nice to see a match that we've not seen in a while. And giving right. us some new Carmella, because that, that this is, I'm digging this Carmella. I'm digging this Carmella. Does this Carmella give you a um, like 2020 Nikki Bella vibe though? Not really. No, I don't think you've watched the Total Bellas. <laughs> You're right. I haven't. Um, <laughs> For me, I was like in in some of the the talking segments she had last week on SmackDown, there was some like very very like Bella style. Uh, themes to it it felt like so i'm I'm curious about where some of the inspiration came for this character you know mm-hmm. i think i think it's a rehash of that character they tried to debut uh long ago that was like i, I don't know how to put it the the prissy it was going to be emmalina it was i mean it's going way back where it was emma and um, then she didn't want to do it and then it kind of became right. lana's gimmick and then it, it looks like we're trying it again. Uh, I get some Eva Marie vibes, but that's a little bit before your Ooh, time of watching. No, but I, I know Eva Marie because of Total Divas. Okay, but yeah, I get some so, Eva Marie vibes from, from that. That'd be real interesting, though, because you know there's rumors about Eva Marie making a comeback, right? 
Right, that would be interesting. Yeah, so that'd be fantastic. But anyway. Uh, we we get us an interview segment where Braxton yes. interviews Jay about his attack on Daniel Bryan, basically saying Daniel Bryan's not blood, so he had to get he had to catch these hands. Man, Caleb um, uh, Braxton was fantastic in this interview, just like throwing some serious shade towards uh towards the Usos there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's get to the match though. Uh, we have another Survivor Series team qualifying match with a matchup I don't think we have ever seen with Rey Mysterio versus King Corbin. Um, yeah. But Rey definitely seems off his game. He can't get in touch with his daughter. Needs to get ready for his match. Um, it was... That... It's very distressing when you can't reach your 19-year-old daughter on the phone. Yes, and don't forget she's 19 years old. Don't forget. Um... The one thing I enjoyed with this match is how we're still using this match to tell the story of mm-hmm. Seth versus Ray. So yeah. Seth appearing on the screen is what provides a distraction. Um, it looks like Ray's building some momentum, and we see Corbin bust out Mark Henry's finisher, the world's yeah. strongest slam. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was really cool to see somebody pay homage to Henry, and, and yeah. we haven't seen that move in a while. And it looked devastating because of the size difference between Corbin and Ray. Yeah, exactly. So, but, you know, eventually Rollins basically comes out, beats up Dominic, Mysterio's distracted, end of days, let's go. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, don't really care. Yeah, uh, I'm glad to see Corbin over. in the Survivor Series match. Uh, mm-hmm. Glad to see that we're telling... We managed to tell multiple stories in one segment. Yeah, yeah, which, which was is... nice. Not if they weren't they weren't the greatest stories, but it was <laughs> nice to see the story still. Yeah. Um following that we have a triple threat between Ruby Riot, Zelina Vega, and Natalia. Where yeah, Ruby. Ruby Riot gets the win? Yeah, and also Ruby New Hair. Yeah, Ruby New Hair, the Pixie Cut. Yeah. Um I would I mean, this like is, to have seen this just been Riot and Vega. Right, yeah, yeah. This, but at the same Riot token... Riot and Vega, this would have been fantastic. But it was not a bad, you know, triple threat match. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. yeah. But um, I think if we could get some, like, Riot and Vega in the future, let them have some longer matches, that could be pretty cool. Next we get Otis versus Seth Rollins. Yes. This is a clash <laughs> of styles that I enjoyed every minute of. Yeah, no, this was fun to watch because it was so weird. This is not two people I'd ever even imagine facing each other. Yeah. Um, getting ready for the Caterpillar, Murphy messes that up and allowing Rollins to get the win. Um, and this match, on, on the flip side of that, mm-hmm. and to me, this match suffered from the Rollins Mysterio storyline because right. it felt like too much of a distraction from the match. Whereas it, there was no reason Rollins needed a distraction to beat Otis. Right. Right. Whereas Ray losing to Corbin, you kind of bought that Ray needed the distraction because his experience gives him such an edge over Corbin. Sure. I can see that. So, so yeah, it's like, eh, um, no clue where we're going to go with any of this. Uh, this is another issue. I think Otis is in trouble of not having anywhere to go now. Yeah. Because no I, money in the I bank, no have, Mandy Rose, yeah. no Tucker. 
Yeah, I feel uh, bad. He had such a good start to the year, and and then creative has kind of failed on Otis's part. Makes me sad. Yeah. Um, we get another awkward Lars Sullivan interview, which I'm ready for the fear. I I muted it. I I just yep. didn't care. Uh, but so we're it's gonna... really funny to watch muted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're gonna close out the show with Kevin Owens versus Jay Uso. Yeah. And. I don't think these two guys could have a bad match if they tried. Dude, I am loving Kevin Owens just killing it here lately. Every time he gets a chance to do anything, um, he, he's he's still showing that he's he's so good. Uh, this was a fantastic match, in my opinion. Um, yeah, it was but, a good good TV match. Um, yeah, but we match. do get Jay defeating uh, Kevin Owens thanks to Roman Reigns' music kind of distracting Kevin Owens. Um, dude, watching Jay turn into the heel that he didn't want Roman to become has become the best part of this viewing. I am convinced, like, I don't know if it's heel Roman or if anything Paul Heyman gets involved with just works. Just works? Yeah. Yeah, because... I mean, the end of that Hell in a Cell match was incredible and emotional and they did so good with it. And all the follow-up since then has been just amazing. Like their interactions and Paul Heyman stares in the background is always, you know, a plus for me. Yeah. Um, his, you know, unblinking stare at Roman is just primo. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think everything, everything, uh, uh, Paul Heyman touches seems to turn to gold. Uh, so this has been a lot of fun to watch. It, I mean, see, you sometimes have the same storyline carry week to week to week to week, and it gets boring. I've been enjoying this one every time. So Yeah, nothing yeah. yet has changed that makes me not enjoy yeah, it. Exactly. So we will move on to NXT now. Yes. And we open NXT with Ember Moon versus Dakota Kai. Yeah. Glad to see glad to see Kai in the ring, but I'm not understanding why um why she was gonna lose to Dakota Kai. Yeah, um I think it was more of a like, you know, Kai was trying to say like you should have never come back here, you know, throughout the match and was kinda giving her flack, you know, for like don't be here, you know, you're not you're not NXT anymore is kind of the way it felt. I don't know why they would have Kai win as well. That was interesting. Um, but otherwise, this was a real good match. It was fun to watch. I don't like that she lost, but I'm curious to see kind of where this may go storyline-wise. Indeed. Uh, to follow that matchup, we get Cameron Grimes versus Kushido, which ever since yeah. Halloween Havoc, Cameron Grimes, Grimes is seeing zombies everywhere, which Cameron has been a hilarious... growing on me. I yeah. love this guy right now. Yeah, it it's it's working. I will definitely yeah. say. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the way the finish happened with the zombies, yeah. the zombie ref stuff like that. That kind of felt like eh. Kushida's been on such a roll; it should have been a clean win for Kushido. But Cameron Grimes looked really good in this match, so I don't think it it hurts either. Um. We get Iro Shorai calling out Rhea Ripley. We know where that's going. Keep it moving. Um, we had, was it Drake Maverick and Killian Dane versus Everrise? Yes. Midway through the match, uh, we get the the best thing that's happened to NXT in a long time, and his entourage arrives. 
uh, talking about Pat McAfee and Big Papa Pete Dunn. Jesus Christ, this dude has gotten jacked over quarantine. He needs to lay off the self-tanner. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's what happens when you hang around Pat McAfee too much. Yeah, no, lay off the self-tanner. It's it's rough, but yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let you talk about enjoying this segment. I am very biased here, so. Yeah. I understand you're biased. Okay, but as long as you get it. God, dude, they put a microphone in McAfee's hand and you can't tell me that he wasn't made for this. Oh, I mean, I, he's great at being annoying, so yeah. But that, that's what he's here <laughs> exactly, to do. Yeah. No, he's no, exactly. here to do it. He's doing it, it almost too well. Like, it has yet to turn the corner for me where it becomes endearing yeah. like the Miz did. I think Maybe for it you will it, one day. Yeah, I don't think I don't for know. you it ever will because yeah, you didn't like him before. You had preconceived <laughs> notions of him before he entered the WWE. So, like, you yeah. don't care. You yeah. don't care. I want you to get the temperature of your household. Uh, no care. No care? Okay, oh, well, Lord. fuck them. Um, <laughs> this is my favorite part of NXT. Not not yeah. just because of McAfee. We're finally establishing another group to truly go head-to-head with Undisputed Era. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I've wanted to see for a long time. I like how they brought in a bunch of these NXT UK guys that have kind of been overlooked. You right. give them Pat McAfee as their mouthpiece because you don't, I feel like a lot of it is they don't want to use people that are there because it's the, right. the same old, same old, if you keep bringing the people. So you bring the heat seeking magnet that McAfee has become for the internet wrestling community. You have managed to make the internet wrestling community hate three of the best technical wrestlers that they love. Just by putting them with Pat McAfee. And in the beginning, a lot of the, the, I I don't want to say that it's internet wrestling community, but the reporting on the internet wrestling community has shifted from where they thought it was a dumb idea to bring somebody outside (laughs) in to, they saw how McAfee built the match with Adam Cole. They saw how Mm -hmm. he performed in the ring. And now they're like, Oh, if he wants to do this, he's got a free pass. Right, he didn't right. come in here and look like an asshole. He came in and looked like he belonged. Well, you know, I think the the outside bias and and before we stick on this for too long, I think comes from you know, uh, as far as bringing people from the outside in comes from things like Gronk happening, which did not work in the slightest. Should not be mentioned in the same sentence as McAfee. I it shouldn't, but I understand that that's why that creates that kind of, you know feelings of apprehension when they start bringing somebody in also from the NFL. It's, you know, oh, there's just another, you know, football player. He's going to be a disaster. But, you know, I can say, you know, as much as I don't enjoy him, it has not been a Gronk level disaster. Okay. As long as you can admit that. <laughs> I'll give you Move, that. Moving Speaking on. Of other NXT UK talent. Indeed. We had oh. Shotzi Blackheart versus Tony Storm. And, oh, boy. Um, this was a hell of a match between God, these two so good they are both so good in the ring they if work really only, well together if only candace loray didn't destroy the tank yeah that was painful to watch also run it all the way over with your hummer please yeah yeah <laughs> dragging i was like i don't know if that's how that was supposed to go right um <laughs> 
I, like I said, loved all the matches, or all of this match. Uh, I think this continues the Shotzi Candlestick Ray storyline that we kind of saw get yeah. built up at Halloween Havoc. So right. it all works. It all works. Right. <laughs> Moving on, we get, uh, what is it, Jake Atlas attempting to go after Legado de Fantasma. Yeah, this is another. I'm like, over. Uh, I am over this. And no, I'm I'm all for Thatch's Thatch Can. Okay, okay. I like Thatch's Thatch Can because I love it. it. Like starts off as him trying to teach somebody. Sure. Um, he's trying to teach somebody, and then um, like somebody tries to get the upper hand, and he just beats the absolute shit out of them. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. It is. It is incredible. Yeah, the it Thatch's reminds Thatch me of like so fun. Yeah, it reminds me of like Rex Quando. Oh my like those god! Videos where it'd be Holy like shit. I need to tell that to the household here because I think that will turn the mood on Thatch's Thatch Can. Yeah, you know, but it's like basically he's he's trying to teach them like a a move, and then they do something better, and he goes, "No, that's not right," and then just absolutely beats the dog shit out of them. So I <laughs> oh, have really god. really enjoyed that. Um, that is fantastic. So there was uh there was a well, lot here at the end with like Xylee and Boa where she's getting letters from her family yeah. but she can't explain. She right. wants to a rematch or she wants a match against Raquel Gonzalez because she was dishonored. Rhea right. accepts EO's challenge. Um so we've got our NXT women's title picture. The end of this show was just a lot thrown together, but it was like, yeah. all right, we need to we need to condense all this so that we can get to our like our main event match. Right. I felt like they had a bunch of stories that had to go on pause for Halloween Havoc in some ways. And then they were like, oh shit, we also got to fill these in to this episode. And it was kind of like a a little bit of a convoluted mess of back-to-back-to-back quick blurps of, oh yeah, here's all the stuff going on, but we got matches to get through. Right. Um... We close the show out with Ciampa versus Dream. Which they've had a fantastic match in the past. Yeah. This didn't seem to match that, in in my opinion. Wasn't up to that quality that they've usually had. Um, I don't... It's weird because it felt like it was a heel versus heel match. Yeah. But they wanted Ciampa to be the good guy, it seemed like. Right. Um... You had him going after the hurt arm. You had him focusing stuff like that. Very heel tactics that work if you have a true heel versus face matchup. Right. But we had two tweeners. Uh, we just it it was heel versus heel, or you know they're trying to make champ of the face. It just really didn't work for me. Uh, it felt kind of kind of just a match for the sake of a match. Right. Right. So I, that's all I got about NXT. Uh, yeah. Shall we move into... That was NXT. Let's go to our... I guess we're closing out with AEW this week because by the time you're hearing this, you probably watched Full Gear. Um, so we're going to talk about what happened on Dynamite. We'll talk about the card on Full Gear and give our thoughts. And, you know, maybe we'll be hilariously wrong about whatever we say by the time you hear this. Yes. Uh, open up with a tag match of Ortiz and Sammy Guevara versus MJF and Warload. Um, I don't know why MJF wants to be part of the inner circle so bad. Yeah, uh, he just wants to be best friends with Chris Jericho. I, I, I guess. Um, <laughs> but I mean, this was 
this was a fun match to watch. At least, you know, they they all kind of had their moments. I enjoyed kind of how this ended with MJF going after Jericho because MJF is basically anything he gets called out for by Jericho. He's making sure he exploits like, oh, you don't think I'm intense enough. Well, I'm going to attack you while you're sitting at the announce booth. Right, right. Uh, Good match. Good build. Ready to see where this MJF versus Jericho goes after full gear. Um, Does MJF join the inner circle or after he defeats Chris Jericho, does he kick Chris Jericho out of the inner circle? Right. Because I think there is not room for both of them in the same hen house. Right. Um, right. We follow that match up. Uh, We get the interview with Tony Schiavone and Kenny Omega. Yes. And I love the heel turn Kenny Omega has gone on full heel here. Yeah, I'm I'm very much enjoying it, too. Yeah. Um, We had Miro versus Trent. And this is, of course, to avenge the arcade cabinet that was so rudely destroyed. Yeah, how dare Um, they? They did a good job of of interweaving some storylines here where you had the Dark Order come out and attack Orange Cassidy. Yeah, yeah. So that we could get the build for his match with John Silver on Saturday. Um, this was really a one-sided Miro crushing Trent match. Yeah, I but mean, not Miro quite like, like a freight train in this one. Yeah, which is good. They really yeah. need to. Um, I think we're getting a setup between, uh, uh, I don't know what you're going to call Miro and Kip Sabian's little group, right. but, you know, best friends are on Cassie. I think we're trying to build to a feud there. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. I think Miro is having a lot of fun in his role. Yeah. But this character isn't doing it for me. Yeah, it's still it still feels like it has some like fleshing out to do, which which seems like, you know, quickly I'll talk about. It feels like that's what happens a lot when somebody from WWE jumps over to AEW. I mean, you saw Brody Lee at the beginning of his character, it was very um similar to some Vince McMahonisms. People were, you know, kind of harping on him for a while about that. And now it's slowly moved to be kind of its own thing. He's seemed to have developed a little bit more. You know, same thing where Matt Hardy came in a certain way, but Matt Hardy's just Matt Hardy. So that, that you know, didn't take him too much to settle in. I think Miro's still trying to feel out, like, who is Miro? Because it's not Rusev. Who's Miro? And how's that going to, like, blend? But it still it still feels like you're watching somebody really try to figure out what the heck their character is going to be. Yeah. Uh, next, we had, you know, a little interview Hangman Page, letting him know how he feels about his match against Kenny Omega, since we have built that story so well in AEW. Yeah. Um, a, a firmly established heel, a baby face that everybody can get behind, and former tag partners trying to basically rec- come back from that. You know what I mean? Like, Get the, get, get the closure on that. Uh, we have a segment where we have Taz, Ricky Starks, and the FTW world champion Brian Cage. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> all of this shit. Don't care. Just don't care. Yeah. yeah, and I'm usually not one like that. I usually try I to know. find the silver lining. I'm just like, fuck this faction. <laughs> um, basically, oh, we've been disrespected. You're going to know that we're there on Saturday's paper. Well... I guarantee you, if we're going to know you're there Saturday's pay-per-view, you're interfering in the Moxley match. Yeah. Because that just seems like the thing you would do. Um, 
But the match we actually have going on as all this is getting set up is Private Party versus the Young Bucks. Uh, we have Guevara attack Matt Hardy to uh, get back yeah. at the interference he had earlier in the match. Uh, we had a, a decent match between these two. Uh, Matt Jackson is nursing that knee injury that he got from FTR a few weeks back. Yeah, a while ago. <clears throat> yeah, that was, uh, apparently it's yeah. a legit injury, and they yeah. don't really have a way to cover up this. So they're just kind of having to wing it, which, um, ah, ah, I don't, I don't like this. I feel, I mean, I guess he's cool with it, but it, it just doesn't seem like a good idea, like, to compete with that bad knee. But, you know, it's your knee, not mine. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, the beatdown that starts happening at the end yeah. was, was, interesting and then having page and omega make the save to kind of harken back to their elite days and then that stare down they right. did again great storytelling so right. many storylines combined in this one segment that yeah. all was cohesive and all made sense this was fantastic writing and a great way to use all your bit pieces the oh, only team that came out of this that i think looking bad was private party because you basically just got beat as a tag team by a three-legged tag team. Mm -hmm. So not a good look for private party, but again, the storyline was not about private party. So I guess they were just kind of there to be there, but yeah, like you're saying, the writing it's getting better, um, you know, over time and every week, it seems like they're, they're kind of expanding on things, but this was really good. Um, So I did enjoy kind of all that kind of coming together. Next, we get yeah. one of those fun face-to-faces. Yep, and they weren't allowed to get physical. That would cancel yeah. the match. Yes. And they're trying to tell a story where Moxley said he was going to take care of Kingston when they were younger. Right. Um, I, I like how they're selling it. I think this is going to be a great match. Yeah. I've, I've definitely got a soft spot for a drunk Uncle Eddie. <laughs> I'm glad you've gone with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm excited for their full gear match. Um, it is going to be an I Quit match um, at full gear, which is kind of funny. We're getting another one of those. Uh, but uh, at the end of this, we get a video teasing a return of somebody. He's oh, yeah. Bastard Pac is ready to come back. Pac. Um, Pack, pock, pack, however you want to say it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the artist formerly known as Neville. Yeah. Um, I'm glad to see he's coming back. I feel like whatever issues AEW and him had have been resolved, and he definitely looks like he's going to be coming back to be somebody pushed into the title picture. Uh he yeah. does have some beef with Kingston, so wouldn't surprise me to see him either cost Kingston a world title shot or be the first person to greet him when he wins that world title. Uh yeah. I'm excited to see it. I've always been a fan of Pac's work, uh, in ring especially. I like seeing this side of him uh, on the microphone because that's not something we saw a lot of him in WWE. Uh, he always usually had this. Yeah. So we get another match with Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero in her corner. Yes. Versus Red Velvet. And I guess we are trying to. Build Red Velvet. 
but I don't think that's how you do it. I don't think it's how you do it because it was a squash match. Yeah, Rose just kind of barreled through, and and that was it. Yeah, um, uh, this is one of those where we know Nyla Rose is dominant. I don't think we need to be reminded all the time. I would much ra- rather see Nyla Rose tested. Yeah. Um, oh, Vicky Guerrero started talking trash to Brandy Rhodes, um, though there. So that seems like that is going to be something. Yeah, just. Uh, and you also had Sheeta coming out, and they had yeah, Scott just, Rose. So. I the get that Nyla Rose is your biggest right. baddie. Yeah. I get Nyla Rose is your biggest baddie, but I just don't air like i would rather see you build a women's scene a little bit more instead of just we have nothing let's put nyla rose in a championship match yeah they still they still gotta you know develop this yeah dude i have never seen an old man look as good as billy gunn does jesus christ yeah that dude dude. dude and the fact that his son looks to be following in his footsteps right just not as tall Right, right, exactly. And uh, the item, triple threat match, man. It's a triple threat match. Yeah. Um, I'm not a big fan of Cole Cabana in the Dark Order because I don't feel like it helps him with his funny. Yeah, it doesn't work. It just doesn't. It doesn't really make sense that Colt Boom Boom Cabana has anything to do with the Dark Order. Yeah. Um. This is a weird main event. <laughs> is what yeah, I'll say. Well, it, it was a weird main event. We had Darby Allen watching, but like yeah. it didn't the three in the ring didn't make sense because it yeah. felt like we were all just using this as a chance for Cody to call out Darby Allen at the end. Right. Right. And of course we do get to further um the Orange Cassidy John Silver match there. Yeah. So I mean yeah, that is what it is, but I think you'd been more effective maybe having like the gun club versus Darby Allen and somebody else. You know what I mean? Right, right. So Cody um, and the gun club win this one, but how consequential this really is doesn't really seem apparent yeah. at this point. I feel like the only thing this show suffered from was lack uh, or was bad ordering. Uh, yeah. This main event should have probably been an opener. Right. Or you've you so should have closed on either the Bucks and Private Party because there was right. so much going on in that match. Yeah. Or you close with um the the face off with Moxley and Kingston. Yeah. 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 But you you, you have the face off and then you have a, a mean nothing match between yeah. Nyla Rose and Red Velvet and you close with this this thing. So I mean uh all in all uh, if this was my match that was supposed to make, or if this was the episode that was supposed to make me buy the pay-per-view midway through, I'm fully on board at the end. I'm kind of out again, but right, exactly. Speaking of that pay-per-view, let's break down this match card. Let's go. Uh, we're just going to tell you the match and we're going to give you our pick since right. it'll probably already have happened. We apologize for that, but mm, things happen. Um, the match we have listed first is for a chance at the AEW World Championship. It is Adam Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega. I am going with Hangman here because they need fresh new talent to look dominant, and this is the best way to do it. I hope so. I think they're going to give it to Kenny. 
I don't think you're wrong, but okay. I think Paige yeah. is the better choice. Sure, I know. Uh, I totally agree with that. Our next match we have is Cody with Arn Anderson versus Darby Allen for the TNT Championship. Uh, I think Cody wins it just because it's Cody. Cody don't lose. Co- unless it's to Brody Lee. Unless it's to uh, Brody Lee. Yeah. So I, I just see that, but I, I really feel like I feel like they need to give it to Darby because right. Darby's been in a few high-profile matches and he's like, <clears throat> you can't keep having him just lose matches in high-profile yeah. situations. Yeah. So um, next we have a tag match for the AEW World Tag Team Champions Championship with the stipulation if the Young Bucks lose, they will never challenge for the AEW World Tag Team Championship again. Holy Blanchard is also banned from ringside. I think with the stipulations alone you have there, you know the Young Bucks are going to win. Hey, everybody. So, unfortunately, we had quite a few technical issues this week when we were recording. And the back half of the episode here where we were talking about our predictions for full gear uh, just unfortunately totally got lost. Just had some audio issues uh, with even our various ways of proofing our tracks. Uh, we could not salvage anything here. So, unfortunately, um, that last piece that you hear regarding us talking about the Youngs Bucks match is the last piece we got recorded. Really didn't get a chance to rehash out and re-record as felt a little relevant as it is Sunday morning when I am editing this and am just about to post this track out. So I thank everybody for listening as much as you did, and we hope we can enjoy the next few episodes um, issue-free. Thanks, everybody.